Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to a live edition of Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Uh, my name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. This is going to be our uh, follow-up to last week's edition, which was the greatest heel turns. This one is the greatest face turns. Whether you're joining us tonight live on uh, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, feel free to join us, put your comments in, have your vote. Maybe we vote the same as you did. We'll uh, definitely put up your uh, comments during the show. But before we can get into the show, we're going to bring in our uh, panel for tonight, starting right here in London, Ontario, with CWN's own Chris Maloney. How are you, Chris? I'm good. You know what? You guys gave me that option. I could go live or go pre-record. It's like, hell no, we're going live. So that's uh, that was uh, my call right there. The guys questioned me. It's like, hey, do you want to do it tonight? You want to do it tomorrow? I was like, ah, no, we're going to go live tomorrow. So Yeah, well, normally we do record on a Tuesday to go on uh, delay, obviously, on Wednesdays. But I uh, drove our other uh, panelists home to Niagara Falls after he visited London uh, for Thanksgiving, and that is Jonesy. How are you, Jonesy? I am great. I am just a pitcher today. <laughs> yeah, uh, it looks like a view from... Uh, looks like uh, Oaks Garden in Niagara Falls, looking towards the American Falls, potentially. If not, that's outside of uh, the Victoria uh, Cafe, Queen Victoria Cafe. <laughs> Second one is right. Okay, so uh, guys, how are you tonight, Chris Jonesy? Uh, that, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, pretty good. Uh, I don't know why my phone's being a douche, but that's okay. It's an old phone. Well, yeah, hopefully soon you'll have a brand new computer, but you have your notes, and we're going to show our uh, traditional video to uh, let people know what we are looking at this week. And uh, as per usual, just like the uh, last week's with the heel turns and also our month-long of the uh, music, we cannot uh, put this up here. Uh, without risking a uh, knock for copyright. So uh, you can look in the uh, description and you'll see a playlist on YouTube where all these uh, history sort of uh, markers are there and you can watch uh, what we uh, look back on to refresh our memories. So I'll show that and then Jonesy, you can break down the uh, bracket. <laughs> Let them hear us say it louder 
So as you saw, that was our uh, list for tonight. Chris Jones, would you like to run down our brackets? I sure would love to. Of course, this will not be as effective because you can't see me. So any hand gestures are going to go to waste. But here it comes. Uh, we got uh, CM Punk's Pipe Bomb, which is, oh, Coco Bana, uh, versus uh, Thumbs Down to Orton, which uh, we were at. Uh, Maloney, were you there as well? No, I end up watching on TV, So, but uh, uh, my, but my heart was there. <laughs> wow, we're going to have to talk about like why you weren't there, because you know you'd miss, um, especially when it was a Raw, and I think it was the first live Raw that they did there, so... Um, anyways, uh, we got Xena um, on a team player versus Batista Lee's Evolution. And we've got Savage uh, versus, uh, sorry, Savage and Liz uh, reunite, which is at WrestleMania 7. That one's just fantastic. Uh, and uh, that one's against Virgil is a man. And he is a man. Uh, we got Austin won't give up versus Boss Man can't be bought. Apparently we have those reversed. Oh. But it's all good. Okay. Uh, we got the, I'm working on paper today, so I don't know how that happened, but hey, uh, Heenan slaps Andre, uh, and that's against Brian Leaves the Wyatts. We've got Hogan at WrestleMania 18, which we were at again. I'm not sure. Were, were you there, Maloney? Sorry, which were you, what, what were you in Toronto there for WrestleMania 18? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, I have okay, four seats, good, so I had, to, I, I had to stand in Woo. the aisle most of the night, though. All right. Uh, and that was uh, going up against uh, Jericho Makes the List. And uh, rounding all this off, we've got Luger's uh, Patriotic Slam versus Undertaker Saves Liz. And um, the last one is Jake Takes a Guitar Shot. Uh, and that's up against, I mean, the Mega Powers. Uh, so good luck, Jake. Um, so uh, there you go. Well, that's somehow the ended up in this twice. Well, Hogan's kind of in here a couple of times in a way, isn't he? Yeah, but uh, last week it was more uh, people turning on Hogan. This time uh, Hogan's only, I think, in there. Well, he is part of the uh, Mega Powers thing, but that was a savage uh, face turn. So, uh, guys, anything you see uh, being a difficult uh, vote in the first round? First match right away for me. Okay. Jonesy? Um, for, for me, actually, the Austin Bossman one is because I, I just like how they did the Bossman one. It's, uh, it's, it's fairly well done. They do a lot of thinking on all of these. And where is my one note? I kind of realized halfway through this of anyways i'll find it of what this all breaks down to every single one of these breaks down to the same thing so anyway go ahead okay so we start off with round one match one and that is cm punk's pipe bomb taking on randy orton thumbs up thumbs down and i typed that up quickly so we don't have the proper things but anyways, uh, we start off with CM Punk's pipe bomb. At that time, CM Punk was still a heel. Uh, he was feuding with John Cena over the world title. Uh, the night that that happened was on a Monday Night Raw, and Cena was in a tables match with R-Truth, who was doing a heel thing, not uh, doing the uh, slapstick 42-time, 
365-711 champion that uh, they're doing with him right now. But CM Punk uh, got involved with all that, and the fans still were against uh, John Cena at the time. So basically anybody who was against Cena was also basically cheered. But after uh, he cost Cena the match, he ended up taking the microphone and going up to the top of the ramp, and he just let loose with everything that he was on his mind, uh, revealing, breaking the fourth wall, waving the Colt Cabana, uh, calling Triple H uh, a doofus, uh, just insulting the whole McMahon family. Was about to uh, do a story about uh, Vince, and when they started cutting him off, and it was just a moment where a lot of the fourth wall, as I said, was taken down. And fans got behind that. And after that, he was totally a baby face. People were knowing that his contract was expiring. He was supposed to go against Cena in a uh, ladder match at Money in the Bank. And that basically turned him face, even though he was going against uh, John Cena at that uh, Money in the Bank event. Uh, as we know, he ended up uh, winning the title. Uh, blowing a kiss to Vince McMahon and taking off with the title, put it in his fridge. Uh, there was a picture of that on Twitter. Uh, I wish they had kept it out longer uh, instead of revealing a week later that he'd actually re-signed. But they could have uh, had a little bit more fun with that whole thing. But, you know, that's the ultimate point where CM Punk turned face. He'd done the uh, Straight Edge Society uh, stick at that uh, beforehand. And ever since then, people still chant CM Punk when they're in arenas. He's taking on Randy Orton and the face turn that happened right here in London at uh, Raw, uh, Live Raw, uh, the JLC at the time now, Budweiser Gardens. It was the night after SummerSlam 2004. He just beat Chris Benoit, yes, I'm just saying that name, for the world heavyweight title, the big gold. He uh, earned a shot at uh, Benoit for uh, the title at SummerSlam and ended up picking up the title, becoming the youngest world champion at the time. He was a member of uh, Evolution, and that consisted of Batista, Triple H, and Ric Flair. Of course, him winning the title from Benoit really infuriated Triple H because he expected uh, Orton just to soften up Benoit and uh, get him in position for Triple H to take the title. And so that next night on Raw here in London, they celebrated the uh, fact that Randy was the champion. Randy even did a rematch with Benoit to close out the night, and he ended up uh, retaining the title. The Evolution's in there celebrating. Batista puts him up on his shoulders, and they're celebrating away. And on all of a sudden, the face of Triple H goes stone cold straight and uh, he's been doing the whole thumbs up and then went and that's when the electric chair uh, happened with uh, Batista dumping Orton and uh, they beat the hell out of him the next week on uh, Raw they issued an ultimatum for Randy to hand over the title Randy yeah, took off the belt was about to hand over the title and instead spit in Triple H's face hit uh, Triple H with the belt uh, in the face, and then ran through the crowd, and that solidified his face turn. So when I'm looking at both these, where things went, the moments, that was a shocking moment here to see live, but the reveal of the fourth wall, uh, 
This is a tough one, as uh, you just uh, said at the beginning of the show, uh, Chris Maloney. Uh, I love the shock value, and I know I was uh, – yeah, I'm going to go with hometown and go with uh, Orton uh, getting it, even though I am a huge mark for CM Punk and have a couple of his shirts and thought that was an awesome fourth reveal. But – I don't know if it's going to survive. Chris Maloney, what's your thoughts? Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. Jones is a tiebreaker because I went with CM Punk. So okay. it was uh, it was interesting because of the fact is I, I was I was on the fence between the two. But then when I thought about legitimacy and the fact is without that happening in London, Ontario, there would be uh, there would be no bias. It would be hands down Punk. So the fact is the Randy Orton turn, I remember watching Monday Night Raw on TV. I wasn't there. Um, not exactly sure why. I don't remember, but I wasn't there, but I was watching it on TV. And just the Triple H thing with the thumbs down. Yes, it was iconic. Yes, it was epic. But there is a bias because it was here at Budweiser Gardens, John Labatt Center back in the day here in London, Ontario. But when you talk about... What was more of a shocking moment? It was CM Punk on that mic, sitting cross-legged. John Cena buckled over, uh, you know, with his back against the turnbuckles, listening to Punk do what he did. And the way they ended that segment with Punk going like this to the microphone and be like, you know, and and getting cut off, so to speak. But the, uh, you know, the pipe bomb heard around the world that uh, the internet blew up on. Yeah, I got to go CM Punk. So one-one. Uh, so Jones is up to I, you. I'm good with that. Like I said, I love Punk, but. So Jonesy, well, you you know um, Orton, he's had some moments at the JLC. He had that one um, before he even was really known. Uh, he they had him at the uh, um, I'm not sure for uh, I'm not sure what event it was for, but he was there shortly into his wrestling career doing a signing when there was a ticket uh, sale going on for. The first event there, maybe I don't know what it was. I remember being there and remember seeing him there. And I think something else happened to him, uh, but uh, uh, at the JLC, I know uh, Mister Ass had a few things happen to him at the JLC. He uh, hurt himself bad the one time, and I forget what the other thing was. Um, but anyways, here's the thing: it depends on how you look at it. Uh, the the Orton one, it's 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 good how it kind of broke down, but in the same, my problem with that one is why didn't Triple H not interfere in the match near the end? Why did they do it that way? Because why would Triple H wait for him to beat Benoit again? He beat him the night before, so he knows he can take him. So why wouldn't he guarantee that he loses the belt back to Benoit? It it, it so to me, it's like he should at least tried to enter the match, and then it would be a question of, oh, did 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 he mean to interfere and help Benoit? Did he do this? And um, and then they could have done that other in the end. It just that's one part I've seen in the puzzle that they, it's kind of silly that they didn't do um, the CM Punk's pipe bomb. The problem with that one is, what did it lead to? A a a couple two three years of greatness and after that he took his ball and went home so really it was wasted like he he hasn't so that's where me i, I 
you would be in the middle, but I'm I'm looking at not so much what it did for their career, what the moment was at the time. The Orton one was was shocking, but the CM Punk one was different. It it it, it was he didn't lay a hand on his opponent, and he sat down and talked. That was his his face. Whole like so for me, CM Punk earns it by a mile. Very good. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm good either way. Uh, how it ended up uh, rolling. No, out. you're not. You're upset. <laughs> I'm not upset at all by that. I gave through uh, Orton a bone, even though I'm not actually a huge Orton fan to begin with. But that takes us to match number two: John Cena not being the member of Brock Lesnar's team for Survivor Series, taking on Batista, another thumbs-up, thumbs-down moment. Chris Maloney, what do you got? Okay, so I was confused with the whole John Cena thing because if you type John Cena face turn, there is so much (laughs) online. Biggest thing that comes up is Nexus, obviously. But you're talking the 2003 turn, right? Yeah, that's the only thing that came up when I was looking for uh, different face turns, and that's what stuck out was the because uh, he was a heel up until that moment. All right, so guys, if you got to go back in the the books there, so seventeen years ago, uh, type into YouTube John Cena dash face turn two thousand three. There is a lasting image online of John Cena face down chair in the ring, four guys celebrating. Those four guys are Nathan Jones, The Big Show, uh, Matt Morgan, and Brock Lesnar, the Brock Lesnar. So John Cena basically, you know, said basically F you to those guys, uh, you know, not wanting to be part of that team anymore. And they basically got the hugest beatdown in the world. I think it was on SmackDown from the from the looks of it there. The thing is about that, it does not stand out at all to me. Um, obviously, you know, Cena with the the gimmick that he had against Kurt Angle, uh, you know, into coming of his own, into the rapper gimmick, so forth and so on. Uh, to him winning that very first United States Championship from the big show at WrestleMania 20. The fact is, everything had to lead up to something. But how did John Cena become a face? To me, I had to go and Google this. I had to go on YouTube. So it doesn't stand out to me as anything substantial. Um, and saying that, not to say it wasn't anything big, because the fact is, John Cena has never been a heel since. Um, so obviously, 17 years later, it's it's still you know memorable, so to speak, to John Cena fans. Not necessarily wrestling fans, but to John Cena fans. The other however is batista and batista was such a huge part of evolution and when you think about batista you think about the fact that he was um what was his gimmick name when he was with devon uh, Deacon Batista. yeah so and he Trailer was uh, <laughs> yeah and down in OV, uh, ovw he was leviathan you know what i mean so bald-headed batista down in ovw named leviathan he comes up as uh deacon Batista, as far as the Dudley boys splitting up, uh, you know, and basically being a side character, basically a guy in a tuxedo with uh, his arms ripped off, you know what I mean? Carrying a briefcase and chains, if I, if I, my, my, my memory serves me correctly. Evolution happens, and Batista needs a breakout. And to my knowledge, it was Batista, was it WrestleMania 21, was it? Was it that far ago? Yeah, WrestleMania yep. 21. He wins the Royal Rumble. Uh, people, you know, Triple H is champ, and people are like, oh, okay, he's never going to face Triple H. 
And the next thing you know, he basically, you know, looks at Triple H. And uh, I think if I if I remember correctly, and this is serving memory, power bombs him through a table, signs the contract, and then the match is on. I think WrestleMania 21, if I if I remember correctly. Regardless of the fact, Batista, I think it was a whole big thumbs down moment again, you know, going against the guy who made him a superstar. How do you go against that? So you got John Cena, who had to Google to remember what the heck happened. I don't even think I even saw it originally. Uh, versus Batista, which I remember like it stood out like yesterday. So I got to go Batista hands down. And the fact is the match at WrestleMania was absolutely amazing between the two of those guys. Um, and the fact is it launched Batista's career as a superstar. Uh, but that, you know, Batista winning that Rumble and then challenging Triple H, yeah, uh, you know, hands down. Jonesy. Well, this one's an easy one. Uh, the Xena one I really liked because it was short. Um <laughs> There wasn't much studying to do on that one. Um, the, the Batista one is the better one. And Flair's eyes just make it all worth watching. So I, I go with Batista on that one. Yeah, uh, as I said, when uh, Chris Maloney was talking about the uh, John Cena turn, uh, watching it, it was on SmackDown, and they were looking for a fifth member to join uh, uh, Brock Lesnar's team for Survivor Series. And they were inviting him to be a part of it, but he didn't want to be the fifth guy. And fans were already cheering for him at that point. Soon they would change that, obviously. But they were chanting for him, and they were saying, oh, you need to earn your uh, spot to get uh, titles and whatever. But then, yeah, he he didn't want to be number five. That's when A-Train came and destroyed him. And all of a sudden, he ends up on Team Angle at the that Survivor Series. So not very uh, huge for Dominate a spot? number return. What's that, Jonesy? A stain spot? What kind of spot yeah. was that you were referring to? A liver spot. You never yeah. know. Not just any right. spot. Not even well, with the four horsemen. But then, you know, we were talking about uh, what happened with uh, Batista's turn. Batista also heard Triple H and uh, Ric Flair leading up to that contract signing conspiring against him when they didn't know about it. And he had the option of going to SmackDown to challenge JBL for the belt at WrestleMania or uh, Triple H. And both general managers there, he's looking at the contracts and they were doing that. Yeah, go for the SmackDown one because he dropped the Raw one and that's when he did the thumbs down and picked up the other one and signed it after destroying Triple H. So it was calling back to what happened with Orton and uh, another person leaving Evolution, and we saw what happened afterwards. So it's definitely a clean sweep on that. So 3 nothing there, which takes us to our next one. Jonesy, you get Steve Austin won't give up taking on the boss man. Can't be right. I'm just going to flip my book. There we go. Your bracket's off, eh? Yeah, I don't know why, but we're going to go with it. So we're going Austin Austin Bossman next? Austin Bossman. Yeah, I know. I'm on on paper. I just had to flip my book, man. Okay, but that's okay. Um, The outcome. It's still in the same uh, bracket. But it changes everything now. Uh, I would have looked at things differently. I would have been in a different frame of mind. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Austin up. Uh, so this um, Brett, while Brett 
got turned into a whiner. That's that's what happened here. Um, Austin was turning into a fan favorite, was becoming a whiner. Uh, he was uh, getting on the microphone and bitching about what was going on and all that. So WrestleMania 13 comes, and the match uh, the match went into the crowd. It uh, did finally get to the um, ring, I believe, or I got my notes mixed up. Anyways, Ken Shamrock was the ref. Uh, Brett and uh, Austin's uh, the do do do. I'm I can't read my writing now. Oh well. Anyways, oh yeah, that's what it was. So he gets him in a sharpshooter, and Austin just doesn't quit. And at least at that time in the wrestling era, you didn't, you never seen that, especially a guy bleeding and then passing out. So it, it was done really well. And it was a way for Brett to win the match, but for Austin to not lose, if anything, gain um, uh, his dignity and respect from the crowd, because this guy just won't give up, especially against, Brett, who is a wrestling machine, but he's he's a bit of a, a dork. So, um, so uh, Austin's leg, Shamrock stops Brett. Yep, Shamrock stops Brett, and Austin uh, stuns a ref. That's the only part I didn't like about it. I didn't like the fact that they had another ref come in and he goes and stuns him. We we know you haven't changed. I think that's why they did that to go. Well, you know, he's still going to be the you know. I think he should have stunned uh, Shamrock, personally. If you're going to do it to a ref, they should have done it to Shamrock. Then, hell, on the next night, they could have had, you know, Shamrock versus him or something. Uh, so, for me, that was a minus uh, in, in, in that whole thing. And that was uh, uh, going up against Boss Man, who can't be bought. Uh, it's good. I like how it plays out. It's it, it seems a little dry at times, and I think that's because they go from uh the ring what happened there with um uh yeah the bag had damien and the million dollar belt in uh it was jake going against dibiase slickster was on the outside uh boss man attacks jake and takes uh, the bag to the brother love show so boss man is still bad but unbeknownst to him uh, DiBiase claims he bought the services of the boss man. Everything was going great, great until DiBiase's ego uh, got him. And the boss man, he didn't know he was bought, so he got all pissed off and uncuffs Jake. He goes and tells DiBiase off. He goes and unlocks uh, Jake. And the whole thing is like, he still remained his character. He didn't you know, turn into a goody two shoes. Uh, and that's with a, a lot of these, they, it's almost like they could have been good or bad. And they decided to go with the good route as far as what kind of wrestlers they were going to fight. Uh, nowadays, I think a boss man character would be great because he can be on either side. I mean, so that I did like how all that work uh, worked out, especially when he gave him the key. Uh, and Jake was kind of like, oh, shit, you know, what the hell? Though you think maybe Jake would have came at a DVD or something. But, hey, um, that one, I haven't decided which one because they're both pretty good. But if any sticks out, it's probably the Austin one. But I just like what it did for the boss, man. 
it it really pushed his career um and i think he needed that moment i'm not sure if austin needed to bleed out and all that to become popular but i'm gonna go with austin because he lived longer and i know that's horrible but uh that that i have to come up with something um no that one's probably a little better but i really do like the boss man one i remember when it happened watching it on saturday night or morning whenever it happened it was great so but I got to give it to Austin. On that. Yeah, it was the uh, unique, uh, at least with the Bossman uh, sort of concept, uh, because it was inserting into a different story because Jake and DiBiase were the ones feuding, and Bossman was, uh, I think, still teaming with uh, Akeem at the time and doing the Twin Towers thing. And then, of course, bought the services. And as Jonesy explained, they got the belt back from uh, Jake. But I think it was the first time ever that you'd see that happen in the ring. And you rarely saw anything with Superstar versus Superstar on Superstars. It was usually Superstar against a jobber uh, that happened. But in this case, it was Jake and uh, DiBiase going at it. And then going immediately from that to the Brother Love show. And I don't uh, recall that ever happening. It would be always its separate segment. So how the flow went that way was uh, pretty cool. And just the fact, as you said, Jones, that he didn't really change because he was still going after criminals. But in this case, they were actually people who we thought and knew were bad guys as opposed to him abusing his authority beforehand and going against uh, fan favorites. But he really didn't change. And neither did Austin, because Austin just had this groundswell of support uh, even before he said the infamous Austin 316 words. And the commentating helped at WrestleMania 13 to uh, put over the change of Brett and Austin in that case. Um, I think even in the video, you can actually see uh, Brett blading Austin uh, to get it done, and blading was uh, forbidden, but once again, just like at WrestleMania 8, uh, Bret Hart went, it was an accident. Uh, so Bret was able to uh, do that. They told a wonderful story in that case. Um, people are already starting to turn on Bret Hart. Austin was telling the truth about Bret. So jumping on the Austin bandwagon was easy. Uh, to do the, they solidified the heel turn for Brett and the face turn for uh, Steve at that whole match. You can't uh, go wrong with that one because even when Steve went to try and be heel again at WrestleMania 17, it fell flat because people wouldn't accept it. It was a total departure from what he was. But the face turn was not changing Stone Cold Steve Austin at all. He was still the badass uh, motherfucker that was uh, doing everything, uh, still stomping mud holes and people drinking beer, waving middle fingers. It's just people were into that uh, at that time. So the legacy of that whole thing, it's definitely Austin. Sweep or not? No, hell yeah. It's going to be a sweep. <laughs> it's one of those things. Another one of those things. I, I, for whatever reason, I blank out the early 90s. I, I think it's for as... Uh, WWF goes and then 10 years later obviously 2003 with Cena but uh, regardless of the fact you think about it this way you think of Austin WrestleMania 13 uh, Chicago Hart versus uh, Austin uh, Ken Shamrock as referee Austin that 
iconic image that everybody talks about his face uh, you know locked in the sharpshooter just bleeding uh, you know and uh, I think they even made a t-shirt out of it at one point and then uh, Wrestle WrestleMania 14 what happens he ends up beating Shawn Michaels uh, to become WWE champion so the difference a year makes but without that iconic moment uh, we would never have seen Austin the way we did you know if that that was the moment to me and a lot of people say Austin 316 but no that was the moment to me fans got behind Austin and the Austin train basically went and uh, you know there was no turning back on it so um, uh, you know boss man Jake DiBiase you know YouTube Google <laughs> that's the only way I'm going to remember it but uh Austin can, you know, stands out in my memory is probably one of the top 10 WrestleMania moments ever. So, yeah, clean sweep, uh, clean sweep for uh, Austin. Yeah, and that's where, uh, as you said, you're Googling uh, to find these things. And I did the best I could to find them uh, for us to compare. And they're in that playlist in the uh, description. So definitely check it out so you can refresh your memory and see if we're right or wrong. Moving on to match number four, we have... Savage loves Elizabeth, and Virgil is a man. Uh, so everybody knows I'm a huge mark for uh, Savage. He's what got me into wrestling, seeing him break the uh, neck of Steamboat. But always by his side was the lovely Elizabeth. Uh, we'll talk about uh, something else involving Savage later on to wrap up this round. But she was always by his side until uh, the Mega Powers exploded, which we talked about last week, and he was a heel. He ended up with Sherry by his side, but Elizabeth was always around. She, even the, the mixed tag match that happened at WrestleMania six with uh, Dusty and Sapphire against Sherry and Savage, they had to bring out Elizabeth to be in the uh, corner opposite Randy. Uh, she'd uh, show up uh, periodically here and there, but everybody knew there were the attachment that was uh, between them and then it came to wrestlemania 7 the build-up between ultimate warrior and randy savage came to a head after savage cost uh, warrior the title at royal rumble to drop it to slaughter and they decided to put their careers on the line and only one man was going to continue and the other man would have to go away so all that hype big match savage brings out the best in warrior uh, two WrestleManias in a row, Warrior had a decent match. I think this match was better than the one against Hogan at Mania 6. But to start things off, before even the talent came out, Monsoon and Heenan were at ringside talking about the setup of the match while they were getting off the last match. And next thing you know, Heenan's like, whoa, whoa, what? who's that? Is that Elizabeth? And they uh, get the director to zoom in and they find her in the aisle. And she's sitting there and uh Heenan's just like oh she came here just to rub it in his face and everything mm -hmm. and throughout the match they occasionally look back at her and she was worried about what was going on but as we know Savage ended up losing his career and Sherry snapped on him and started beating on him and kicking him that Elizabeth had enough and ran down the aisle after hopping the guardrail got in there grabbed Sherry by the hair and tossed her out of the ring one of the first times Elizabeth ever got physical uh, at all. Uh, maybe one other time at SummerSlam, uh, I think 89, where she used the, or no, 88. No, 89, my apologies. Uh, 89, where she used the loaded purse to uh, hit Sherry uh, with. 
but she really didn't get too physical. And when she did, it was against Sherry. And she was trying to help Savage up, and Savage was brushing her off. Sherry's on the floor yelling at her, uh, and Savage nearly uh, hits Elizabeth and then realizes who he is. And next thing you know, as Elizabeth's pleading for him to just stop, he opens his arms, they hug. Fans are crying. He lifts her up on his shoulders. Uh, Heenan's just like, my God, her shoes are too tight. That's what's going on. He, uh, Gorilla's saying a tender moment. They're acknowledging that they love each other. And so they celebrate their reunion. Elizabeth goes to sit on the ropes to let Savage out. Savage says, uh-uh, opens them up for her. She gets out. They walk out together, and then he becomes a commentator, eventually proposes. They do the wedding at uh, SummerSlam. But that moment turned Savage two years and a little bit of being a heel, that moment just snapped after having a great match with Warrior, but everybody saw they loved the uh, Savage and Elizabeth had for each other and were willing to forgive him for everything he did and get him back in the ring uh, after Jake Roberts attacked him. So that's a huge moment uh, for them. Uh, almost overshadowed uh, the match with Warrior as well because Warrior just disappeared right after he beat Savage so that they could do that part. Uh, they're going against Virgil is a man. Now, as we know, Virgil uh, was the sidekick, servant, whatever we want to call him, of uh, Ted DiBiase, flashing the money, doing, paying off people, interfering on Ted's uh, behalf. And finally, he started getting treated really, really bad publicly. Piper was trying to encourage him to say, hey, you don't deserve to be treated like this. They were having talks. And it all came to a head at uh, Royal Rumble 91 when Virgil and Ted DiBiase were doing their uh, tag team match against the Rhodes family, Dustin and Dusty. And after uh, the match ended, the belt was on the ground and Ted ordered him to pick up the belt and give it to him. And Virgil was already being stubborn and stuff like that. And uh, Virgil picked it up, uh, sorry, got down on his knee to pick it up. And Ted gloated about, ah, oh, see what my money can do, blah, 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 blah. And then Virgil got up and uh, waffled him with a million-dollar uh, championship. And Piper was elated. And I think it was supposed to lead into Piper against uh, DiBiase at WrestleMania. But Piper got into a motorcycle accident, so they had uh, Virgil and uh, DiBiase go against each other. The unfortunate part is, as much as it was good, the turn, what they did with Mike Jones uh, or Virgil, as far as making him very much an underdog and not knowing how to wrestle, uh, it seemed, and just lucking out and beating Haku and stuff like that, it didn't do much for him career-wise. He even got squashed by Yokozuna at uh, Survivor Series. So the face turn was very stuck in the mid card. Um, the Savage and Elizabeth carried on from WrestleMania into his getting back into the ring. Um, sorry, Virgil Savage wins in my case, Chris Maloney. So sorry, this, uh, this lady right here is going to get a little more airtime. So if you can see this, yeah. <laughs> And I, I know there's no copyrights as far as images go on, on as far as YouTube goes, but uh, yeah, that sums it up right there. And and for those people 
There uh, was also the kids with the yellow hat. Everlasting look. That lady right there, okay? I know you can't... I, I don't know her friggin' name, but uh, she's been iconic basically since 1990, <laughs> 1991, I think it's been. But uh, um, as much as fans wanted to see Virgil uh, turn against a million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and feud, and then the whole Piper uh, aspect of it, you can't beat Savage and Liz... Uh, for everything that had taken place, I mean, this goes way back to the Mega Powers forming, to the Mega Powers exploding, to uh, Savage aligning himself with uh, Sherry, to his feud with uh, Dusty and Sapphire, into the you know iconic retirement match between him and the Ultimate Warrior, Warrior with that uh, you know that foot on Savage's chest with his arm raised up in the air, and then the aftermath, and of course, like I said, you got this lady that was uh, part of the aftermath as well, but uh, yeah, too much. Uh, too much of an iconic moment right there, and the fact is they had um, they had continued Savage and Liz post that, you know, um, obviously into the, uh, the the feud with Jake the Snake Roberts and uh, uh, the Undertaker and Tuesday in Texas and all this sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, hands down, Savage uh, and Liz reuniting. So uh, Jones, well, <clears throat> Savage and Liz, the match is fantastic. Um, it actually makes you kind of go, what warrior can wrestle with another guy if the other guy is savage? That's fantastic. Um, a really great match. Now that woman, that woman there, I'm surprised you went with her and not the other one, which is it's okay. Is that a kid in a genie's outfit or what's going on here? Uh, yeah, that's the other I'm one is like, really freaking weird. <laughs> And that's what I remember about that one the most, really. Um, but it is a good, it's done well. Monsoon uh, and Heenan do sell it very well. The Virgil is a man. Uh, I think the problem with that one was, I, it, as Arn Anderson said, it was um, uh, like a popcorn fart afterwards. It just, it didn't, what he needed was like, either a manager himself or a father figure. And actually, I really think that if they would have brought in, say someone like Kamala as Virgil's like dad or mentor or something, I think that would have been really, really beneficial to Virgil. And of course I can say this because you can't see my uh, face smiling. Um, but yeah, Savage and Liz uh, gets that one. But I will say with that one, it, I think there's going to be issues in the other rounds because as great as that was it meant dick it meant dick we all know they got divorced and all that other shit and he becomes unretired like within a year so it, it was kind of like it was great i'm trying to think like a movie or tv show where like actually how some people thought when roseanne ended when it was most of it was just made up of what happened if you ever see the last episode a lot of people didn't like it same thing with seinfeld hell it it ended and pissed people off this kind of pisses me off when i look back because it's like it was all for nothing it was all for nothing because they didn't end up happily ever after but it would be a three and all for that awesome so he uh, advances to the next round and that brings us to Match number five with Andre the Giant getting slapped by Heenan 
Taking on Daniel Bryan, leaving the Wyatts. Chris Maloney. So here's a fact. I didn't know the other lady existed until today. You type, you type in WrestleMania 7 lady on Google. That is not the, <laughs> that is not the lady that comes up. And That's the one I think of. That's, That's the kid. No, they see, I, I think of the other lady immediately. The whole big What is he wearing? Or she? Red, like, what is it wearing? It was 91, it like so it could be back. anything. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so we go into uh, Daniel Bryan, Bray Wyatt versus Andre the Giant and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, again, sentimental aspect is this. So you got Andre the Giant, Bobby the Brain Heenan, April 1st, Skydome, WrestleMania. Um, it's tough because as a Andre the Giant fan, pretty much since the time I began watching wrestling, it was awesome to see him turn back into a face. Uh, downside about it is when you look at the legacy of Andre the Giant, he was hurting so bad at that point. It went from basically that into, uh, you know, Haku basically selling like a, like a gangster for him into becoming the, uh, the sidekick manager for the Bushwhackers post that. So Andre never really got his due after, you know, basically, um, you know, chewing out Bobby the Brain Heenan at Skydome there. Uh, when you think of the other moment, I marked out. Like it's one of those moments in, in wrestling history where to me as a fan, I get invested in it and the Bray Wyatt character, you know, all the way from Husky Harris to Bray Wyatt to getting Daniel Bryan involved in this and that. And all of a sudden the steel cage match on Monday night raw. And it's like, you just, you want to go and, and jump through the TV and beat the hell out of Bray Wyatt. And that's how I felt for Daniel Bryan back then, you know, and to fans that don't know about it, the actual date was January 13th, 2014. So we're talking over six and a half years ago. But I still remember getting the goosebumps. I still remember getting the chills. I still remember watching Daniel Bryan kick the living hell out of Bray Wyatt and all of a sudden doing the yes thing again. And it's like, holy crap, you know, it's um, it was absolutely amazing. And uh, it's one of those moments that stand out on Raw, like we were talking about Batista earlier on. The fact is, when it comes down to it, as much as I loved Andre the Giant, as much as I'd love to see him, you know, turn back face against Bobby the Brain Heenan, the guy who turned him heel, so to speak. Uh, the fact is that Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt. Daniel Bryan stood out more to me uh, because symbolic-wise it meant more to his career, meant more to the career of uh, Bray Wyatt than it did Andre the Giant turning back to being the coming of face against Bobby the Brain Heenan because obviously Andre's legacy was uh, uh, pretty much done at that point. So i got to go Daniel Bryan, Bray Wyatt. Mm, okay, so... So when the Brian uh, Wyatt thing happened, uh, that was about a year before I gave up on uh, uh, WWE as far as watching it on a regular basis. I'll still catch a little bit once in a while. And if they ever come back to town, I'd uh, probably go see him. But anyways, enough on selling them. Um, the Brian leaves the Wyatt one. The problem I have with that one, and even when I seen it was, we already knew that was going to happen. It wasn't a surprise. It wasn't a shock. To me, he wasn't bad. He was pretending to be bad so he could get back at Wyatt. That was the whole thing. Uh, it, it was the beatdown was great, you know, in the cage and all that. But to me, I didn't buy that Brian was any part of the Wyatts. Yeah, uh, he just acted that whole thing out. It so to me that that was it was weak uh, as far as it being a big moment because they set it up obviously to the public that this is what was going to happen that's why i don't like that one 
the Heenan slaps Andre one. The reason why I like that one, and we're going to a tiebreaker, is because that was what was really great about that is no matter how sad it was to see, you know, Andre doing these horrible chops and stuff like that, that when he got on the um, the little uh, friggin' transporter thing, whatever they called it, that was the little ring, um, which is kind of interesting because the story uh, back at WrestleMania 3, when they introduced that, that is the guy, the, the guy that actually made those things for them. He's the one that being their lead uh, ring technician who reinvented their rings for them. Um, anyways, uh, the Keenan one is when he got on that transporter thing, that was WrestleMania three, him leaving. It was the that's where his career should have ended, or at least his regular career. He could have, you know, done rumbles or whatever. But so for them to have it where he's just on that thing, he's got rid of the garbage, and you can see that. I think he's a kind of happy. Uh, and and for me, it was just like a flashback to WrestleMania three. That's how it should have ended. So for me, the Heenan slaps Andre one, as poorly as it might have kind of looked because Andre wasn't, you know, in shape for years and stuff like that. But it it's still, I think it was a good end uh, to what was a miserable few years watching the Giant. Because the Giant I seen was still cool, but I mean, when I seen him was when he was already in his downfall. So, again, that moment of, of him going back to WrestleMania 3, I think I think that one, uh, for me, is the one that wins it. Okay, so I get to break the tie on here. Oh, I am a huge uh, fan of also Daniel Bryan. Um, but at the same time, he was only with the Wyatts, forced into being with the Wyatts for two weeks. Uh, before the actual turn happened. Uh, it was very short-lived where he was in that jumpsuit, uh, looking very homeless, and then uh, turning. The moment was amazing. I cannot knock that one. Uh, the yes chance in the cage, the uh, whole arena going uh, wild uh, was Oh, Maloney has a sad face already, but the uh, the moment was a truly awesome moment in uh, Raw history. You see that uh, still used in videos, uh, even, well, the next one they did when fans actually clamored around the ring and got there, that was even bigger than that, and I think that was uh, a couple weeks later on Raw. Huge match uh, moments. Andre the Giant going face after three years of being a heel. Unfortunately, his heel run was not that uh, great because, as Jonesy said, his health was just horrible. Um, his last run with Haku uh, being Colossal Connection holding the title, that was basically Haku doing everything and Andre just doing a couple of moves and they're done. The 
only upside to that heel turn and face turn, thanks to uh, Haku kicking him in the face and Andre getting slapped by Heenan, was that it closed a chapter in the career of Andre the Giant. Uh, I don't believe we ever saw him in the ring again. There might have been one more match they did uh, in Japan or something like that, but we never really saw him uh, perform again. Uh, unfortunately, they did do that angle with uh, Earthquake taking out his leg and then him showing up on crutches with uh, the Bushwhackers, and that was his last appearance with WWF, and he showed up at the Clash of Champions uh, 20th anniversary on TBS uh, just afterwards. I think uh, Vince McMahon always regrets how things ended with Andre uh, before his passing, and Andre's passing was the initial reason and only induction in 1993 when he passed away, and that was the formation of the Hall of Fame. And then it uh, grew from there, and now is an annual event. So I'm going to go with Andre winning at least this first round. I don't know if it's going to go any further, but I'm going to give the on, uh, nod to Andre in the first round. And he did have uh, about five other matches after that uh, Japan. Um, I remember one of the other tournaments, I looked Andre up and I was surprised to see how many other matches he did actually after that, which was like, oh, so you just stood on the ring apron some more. Pretty much. So that takes us to match number six. Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 18 taking on Chris Jericho making the list. Jonesy. Okay. So <clears throat> the Hogan uh, WrestleMania 18, I'm sure everyone knows the story on this one, but uh, I'll kind of run through it. Um, so it kind of begins with uh, Hogan ask Hall Nash not to interfere. Uh, and then Nash tells Hall that they're going to interfere if they have to, you know. So you can kind of see they're, they're setting up where Hogan could turn. He may not turn. Who knows? But it's basically Hogan saying, I want to do this on my own for once. Um, so anyways, Hogan and Rock, uh, it, it was a slow start to the match. But uh, I think it was needed uh the crowd to kind of settle down and get into it in the same point because they were kind of already into it but uh i i will i was there i was up in the nosebleed uh i was really close to the jumbotron um but the the that match there's no other match that i've been to that had that energy and being up that high it's a different type of feel because things are a little delayed but the sound, you don't hear it as loud, but you can hear the rumble. It's like a thunderstorm happening. And it was amazing how much energy there was down below. Up above, it was quiet. It was really quiet. In my, in my whole section, pretty much the whole event, everyone was quiet. It was more like watching, being like at home watching. It was um, uh, because it was so far away. You, you felt like you were there, but you were kind of, you know, didn't you know you didn't have good seats but uh, i could still see what was going on and it was fun uh so anyways uh hogan loses the match and then the uh shake hands and then the hall nash come down and 
tried to beat piss out of Hogan and yada, yada, yada. Hogan and Rock do oppose them. Uh, it was, it, it's really kind of neat that both times that Hogan has done a big event in Skydome that he's lost both times. Uh, but Hogan's character shows that he can, he can take a loss, except when it's at a Royal Rumble. Um, but that one is a pretty big moment. And for me, it's the energy, not really what, like, to take what happened, but it's that, that energy that really, and, and you hear it from announcers and everyone that was, you know, there was nothing like that. And it, it's true. It, 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 it was a different energy. The Jericho makes the list. Um, I'm going to actually, if Sean doesn't mind, he can run down this one because he remembers it more. I did a bunch of of how it went out, but I, I think he can explain it better than me. That one, whoop-de-doo. Uh, Tumio, I watched it. I, I didn't, I wasn't watching wrestling at the time when that happened. And it's just, it's your basic turn. That's all it was. And it was already set up because he already had it in the box. To me, it was kind of it was kind of sloppy. It was stupid. It, it's like, well, you're already playing this from the beginning. So he, uh, it, it was. I think it was one of the badder turns I've seen as far as planning. It just, it, it was, it was. I didn't like it at all. And and what was it? Was that supposed to be a TV that broke so easily that looked like it was like made out of some cardboard? It was awful. Whatever, like whoever came up with that crappy plop. So Hogan uh, is for me on that one. Okay, so Hogan gets that one. Uh, While we were talking about the uh, Festival of Friendship that was going on with the whole Jericho uh, turn, uh, Jericho and Owens had been running uh, roughshod basically over uh, Raw, uh, two of the biggest heels uh, going at that time. And they just want... There was this need of Jericho to give stuff to Kevin and he had all these uh, gifts to give him to uh, say how they are with friendship. They even had the uh, cherubs and their faces on them uh, that we see in the top of a church painting, the odd sculpture that was uh, given to him. And then Kevin Owens appreciated all the gifts that Jericho had for him and even got one for him uh, for Jericho from him. Uh, Kevin and uh, he gave Ke- Jericho the box and Jericho was like oh my god this is awesome a brand new list my other list was getting uh, filled out and when you saw him take it out of the box the audience saw that the bottom of it said list of KO and just the reaction that was going on dead silence and Jericho catches on that there's something up and looks at the bottom and notices, oh, that's the list of KO. What's going on here? And then, yeah, Kevin Owens takes him out, and that was basically uh, Jericho's face turn, which set up their uh, eventual matchup against each other. We're going against uh, Hogan, though, and the weird part was they'd even done a transport truck running through the rock and putting him into an ambulance, and that's where the truck hit him after they'd used uh, tools on uh, the rock and they did everything heinous to 
be the NWO taking out the uh, most electrifying man in entertainment. But when you got to Toronto, uh, even FanFest uh, access uh, before that, people were chanting Hogan. It was Toronto, Bizarro Land, yes. Uh, but they felt the energy when they were in the ring. If you go back uh, and look on YouTube, both Hogan and Rock uh, just recently did a video talking about what the behind the scenes was. And they basically told how they felt the energy of the crowd and Rock ended up selling the push off by Hogan as though he was the uh, chicken shit baby I mean, heel and Hogan was the big uh, baby face. And so they ended up uh, working that way, eventually uh, worked their way back to Rock being the uh, good guy. But then Hogan suddenly aged like 10 years in that match, looking old and decrepit and bent over. And uh, the defeated champion panning over the torch, shaking the hand. And, of course, in good old Hogan fashion, as uh, Bruce Pritchard would say, that Hogan must pose. And Hogan got his spotlight uh, after uh, Hall and Nash, the Outsiders, ended up uh, solidifying Hogan's uh, face turn. The next night in Montreal, the longest and loudest uh, standing ovation and cheering for Hogan ever. He was back in the red and yellow, and yeah, he never went back to being a heel uh, for WWE, except for in real life, uh, but we won't go there. Uh, but at least in the WWE ring, he was back being a face. Just everything that happened, and then the following night, I got to give it to Hogan. That's not going to be a hard uh, choice. I did like the festival of friendship and the turn that happened, but is it a sweep? Chris Maloney. Hell yeah. How do you against, how, how do you get, go against Hogan and rock? Exactly. So I tell you this, the, the other history, uh, historical aspect is this. So Hogan is O and two, as far as WrestleManians and uh, WrestleManians in Toronto go. And, uh, uh, against two of my favorites of all time, The Ultimate Warrior and The Rock. But um, it's the festival friendship was cool. The way it played out wasn't because of the fact is it was supposed to be Jericho, Owens, semi or even main event at WrestleMania for the Universal Championship. And then all of a sudden you get the Goldberg aspect that took part. And um, uh, Jericho had his issues back with Goldberg da- back in WCW. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it is what it is. But any other match, they might have had a chance. But Hogan Rock, WrestleMania, um, I was there. I had floor seats. You know what I mean? I was 18 rows off the floor right at the hard camera. Yeah, so Sean had better seats than me because in saying that, this was back in uh, 2002. Uh, so the generation of anybody and everybody brings a sign. So I think I might have been 18 to 20 rows back on the floor which was absolutely amazing when nobody was standing up, when nobody was holding a damn sign. But the moment that started happening and all of a sudden you realize you spent a couple hundred dollars in a WrestleMania floor seat, I spent the whole duration of WrestleMania pretty much in the aisle. Um, I had a good camera, so I went to take good shots. But the fact is I wasn't going to sit there and basically uh, pay all that money to not see the events. So um, it was kind of cool. I had at one point Maven and Spike Dudley, I think it was, and Goldust. Uh, running right by me because I was out in the aisle and security le- luckily let me be out there as, you know, as long as I wasn't interfering in anybody's viewpoint. 
But uh, yeah, I get to see that. And I remember looking around at the whole entire Sky Dome, the 68,000 or whatever it was, and basically being the holy crap, you know, this is absolutely amazing. Uh, the the rumble, the watching Hogan come out to the NWO music and be like, hey, crap, you know, I get to see Hulk Hogan as NWO Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And then in the match, it's like, holy crap, is this actually happening? You know what I mean? And then uh, do, do yourselves a favor. WrestleMania 18, Hogan versus Rock. Go back and watch the match on YouTube. Find the DVD, whatever the case may be. Watch that match. Listen to Jerry Lawler's and Jim Ross's reaction. But the fact is they don't do justice to the crowd. And the crowd was absolutely amazing. And the way that Sean had played it up with regards to Raw the next night in Montreal and the standing ovation that he got. Um, but the fact is that moment, to me, I think takes this whole entire tournament. So we'll have to wait and see if it, if anybody beats it. Well, let's see. Uh, and the... And- what was I going to say? The interesting part of uh, the whole Hogan uh, rock match, if you have that match on mute, it's nothing. You have to have the volume on, hearing that crowd, hearing Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, and it puts it all together. Uh, if without it, it's just, yeah, Hogan and Rock. Not the best technically sound match, but everything else p- comes together. That makes it amazing. Uh, that moves us on to our next match, number seven. And that is the Patriotic Slam by Lex Luger on Yokozuna and the Undertaker uh, turning face. I'm going to start with uh, Lex Luger. Uh, Hulk Hogan had just won back the uh, WD- WWF Championship at WrestleMania 9 in about a minute and 20 some odd seconds after Yokozuna had just defeated Bret Hart for it, uh, got salt in the eyes. Yokozuna uh, then ended up challenging Hogan for the title at King of the Ring, the very first one in 93, um, due to some shenanigans, thanks to Harvey Whippleman all dressed up in a disguise and a flash paper, which Hogan loves to use flash paper. Uh Got in his eyes. Yoko gets the uh, title. Hogan disappears from WWF and eventually goes to WCW. Uh, Yokozuna has the title and is uh, saying that he's the greatest uh, person around because he's the one who took out Hulkamania. He killed Hulkamania. He uh, also spits in the face of every American because of uh, the patriotic uh, style of Hogan always waving in the red, white, and blue. And so, just to rub it in America's face even more, Yokozuna gets a body slam challenge because Hogan could not body slam him either. Uh, does issues a body slam challenge on the 4th of July on the USS Intrepid in the uh, New York area. You can see the Statue of Liberty in the background and everything. Uh, Twin Towers. It was all there, and uh, he issued a challenge to slam. People from uh, the NFL were there, the Steiners, Crush, uh, Randy Savage, a whole bunch of people just trying to uh, slam Yoko, and all of them fail. And then just as uh, Mr. Fuji and everybody were going to declare Yoko the uh, winner and nobody could defeat him, this helicopter shows up, and everybody wonders what's going on. Who's in the helicopter? Who's coming? And off comes Lex Luger, the former narcissist, wearing a American flag t-shirt, makes his way to the ring, 
confronts Yoko, and unlike other people who didn't take a shot at Yoko uh, physically, there was uh, some uh, a little bit of an altercation and uh, touching and hitting at that point, which allowed the momentum of Yoko coming at Luger for him to pick him up, and people say it was a hip toss, uh, then a body slam, but he ended up slamming Yokozuna, celebrating uh, for America. Steiners were in there, Savage. Everybody's waving flags, happy as can be, and eventually Luger uh, ends up challenging Yokozuna for the uh, world title for SummerSlam, hops on a bus, goes coast to coast in the U.S., hugging uh, women, kissing babies, shaking hands, all for a count-out victory at the Palace of Auburn Hills against Yokozuna. Whoop-dee-doo. It was wonderful the moment that he slammed him. The payoff was crap. Uh, so somehow along the line, uh, Vince obviously lost uh, faith in uh, Luger, uh, for being the replacement for Hulk Hogan. And it was very short order because that was July. And by the end of August, it was in the shitter. So he's taking on The Undertaker, turning face. Undertaker came in in 1990 at uh, Survivor Series part of brother uh, with Brother Love on the uh, Ted DiBiase team. He ended up being managed by Paul Bearer. Ended up teaming up with Jake Roberts. As we saw last week, he was part of the reason why Jake Roberts turned heel on the Warrior. And they had that feud. And then Jake got involved with uh, Savage. Both of them were uh, at the reception when the snake went after uh, Savage and Elizabeth. And Sid was there to uh, fend them off. Come uh, December, after Savage was reinstated and Tuesday night in Texas happened, and then they had a Saturday, uh, Friday night's main event. Actually, I believe that was in February because they always did the uh, main event in February. Uh, Savage had just beaten uh, Jake. Jake ended up slithering backstage, waited for uh, Savage and Elizabeth to uh, come through the curtain, had a chair ready. He was didn't care which one was coming through. And just as they came through the curtain, he was about to swing. Undertaker grabs a chair and stops him. Savage uh, is able to take out Jake, and they end that show with uh, Taker and Paul Bear looking down at Jake without any explanation. Then on Superstars, we get our final explanation on the funeral parlor when uh, Jake calls out Undertaker uh, when Paul Bear is interviewing him. Taker comes out of the uh, one ca uh, casket that's uh, setting up, He's confronted by Jake, wondering whose side is he on, and Taker says, not yours. And that's when all hell breaks loose. The uh, urn is used on Undertaker. His hand gets locked into a casket, and Jake keeps on beating him down with the chair, and Taker just keeps on coming at Jake, dragging the casket uh, behind him with his hand stuck in it. So that solidified uh, Taker's face turn, and of course he jumbled back and forth after that, but he had a long run as a face before going back heel. That was a huge moment. Um, comparing the two and the legacy that it has, I'm going with uh, Taker uh, turning face. Chris Maloney. So it's interesting that you got two of the biggest moments as far as wrestling careers go, uh, leading up to two of the weakest matches in the history of wrestling. So Yokozuna, um, Lex Luger. Basically, Lex Luger was down and out 
the biggest comparison Vince McMahon would have had to Hulk Hogan. Um, calling it the Lex Express, the red, white, and blue, yada, yada, yada. You know, you guys want to do yourself a favor in 2020? Google Lex Luger WWF face. And <laughs> you'll see his basically his career went nowhere after that body slam. Um, Taker, on the other hand, his career absolutely went somewhere after that moment with Jake the Snake Roberts, Randy Machman, Savage, and Miss Elizabeth. Uh, but the fact is their WrestleMania 8 match wasn't the greatest. Um, Jake wasn't in the best space either. Yeah, so very weak. Uh, I'll never forget The Undertaker hitting a tombstone on the outside of the ring, and, and I think his head was like two feet above the <laughs> above the uh, the you know the uh, floor out there. But uh, uh, long story short is this. When you compare the moments, the fact is Lex Luger soon enough went back to Monday Night uh, Monday, uh, you know, WCW Monday Nitro, uh, the Mall of America, so to speak. That moment overshadowed anything he did WWE-based. Uh, Taker, uh, Sean had said, you know, face turns, heel turns, regardless of the fact. But the fact is, um, I remember that moment like it was yesterday. And it's like, holy crap, The Undertaker saving Macho Man and Liz. And Sean was right. He was like, um, Jake the Snake was backstage and they cut, cut, cut in scenes. So it was like, they'd go to the ring, see Macho Man and Elizabeth coming back. And all of a sudden you see Jake in the background. They're like, I don't care who comes back first. I'm going to end up, you know, nailing whoever it is. And here, I think Liz ended up coming first and she ended up ducking. And Savage kind of put her out, uh, put her out of the way. And Savage was ready to take that uh, chair shot, uh, but the fact is, Taker ended up grabbing the chair, and you know, it. it uh, the rest is kind of history. But uh, I got to go take her. Urgent as well with the fact that they thought the show was off, and Heenan and uh, Vince were like, "Are we off? What's going on? Get somebody back there to stop this." So yeah, I so added more drama. Very, um, as far as moments go, very similar to the Hogan Beefcake, uh, Miss Liz Macho Man thing where all of a sudden it was kind of one big cluster in the back, but uh, and the announcers were playing it up as well. Uh, but the fact is, it's, it's, like I said, I got to go take her. So take her 2-0. Chris Jones. You know, you know, you know it, it, it's, it's funny that um, something is kind of brought up here that last week the Sami Zayn um, match uh, whole situation there, that uh, one over Andre... Um, Oh, it was so sh- shocking. Um, oh, sorry, it wasn't that match. No, it wasn't that one. It was a different one. Oh, God, which one was that? Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, the fact that they had the copyright and all that come up, and then all this went down. Last week, someone said, oh, they hadn't really done that before. Well, look at this. We see that they did. Oh, that so that's that another thing that just doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I, I – I don't know if I actually seen that happen when it happened. I knew it happened, but I don't know if I watched that actual Saturday night thing because I don't remember the way it went down, but I remember it happened. Anyways, um, the Luger one, I, I do like because it is one of the most beautiful scenery that they've had where this ring is on a ship. And you can see all the buildings, the Statue of Liberty, the helicopter comes in. But again, yeah, it ends where it's like, well, that went absolutely nowhere after that. But when Fuji spit, now they said on him, he didn't spit on him. He spit more at his shoe, or sorry, his wrestling boot. But uh, that was kind of like spitting on the American flag because that's how 
Luger was dressed up like an American flag. And it wasn't a hit toss. That was that was a slam. As awkward as it looked, Luger really did well in that because Yoko gave him uh, uh, enough uh, jump for him to get him up. But for him to turn him, he couldn't turn him like he normally would or he would have killed Yokozuna with him landing on his head. So he does this kind of a, a half lift and then turns Yoko and then puts him down and he's got him by both hands. So it is a slam. It's just a awkward slam, but um, it still looked good. And, and I must say there's gotta be other matches that happened that day on there because that was a full setup. They had, they had the, 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 uh, all the guardrails there, they had like everything was there, so there had to have been some other matches. Um, I don't know if you know if there is, but it seems like they did a full event on there, or at least a couple of matches. Um, but yeah, that one's the Undertaker one. So you're voting Undertaker? I sure do. Okie dokie. So that takes out that and leads us to our final match of round number one. And Chris Maloney, Jake Roberts takes a guitar shot from Honky Tonk Man versus Savage forming the Mega Pirates with Hulk Hogan. You know, if you go onto YouTube and actually uh, go in and type in Mega Powers Formation, you get a treat because not only get to see, you get to see them join up, you get to see that backstage interview, but you also get to see that infamous pile driver video of Hulk Hogan dressed up in the uh, construction hat and Coco Beware singing the uh, the lyrics there. So uh, it's, a, it's a three for one <laughs> right there. But um, with regards to this, so um, it's funny how, how much these date back. I can remember stuff that happens back in like 1986, 1987, like it's clear as mud. But John Cena turning face 2003, forget about it. <laughs> so anyway, backstory is this. So Jake the Snake Roberts has his own uh, kind of Piper's Pit known as the Snake Pit. So he's doing interviews on his show, invites the Colonel, Jimmy the Mouth of the South Heart on the show, the Honky Tonk Man as well. Um, I think from what I remember, Jake had made fun of Honky, kind of chased him off with the snake. Uh, Honky does a turnaround, ends up coming uh, kind of behind uh, Jake and slams the guitar in the back of his head, uh, then to his back. Uh, a long story short is this. Apparently, it was legit, so the guitar wasn't gimmicked. Um, there's a lot of kind of shoot interview footage from Jake talking about picking out of the splinters out of his back about a week later. Long story short is basically it sets up WrestleMania match. Jake the Snake Roberts with Alice Cooper in his corner uh, taking on uh, Honky Tonk Man with uh, uh, Mouth of the South in his corner. 93,000 people, one of probably the top three or four matches probably as far as WrestleMania went that year. So WrestleMania 3, Hogan Andre obviously was the headline. So you take that. Um, it was a career turn for Jake the Snake Roberts, who uh, WrestleMania, who was he? WrestleMania 1, it was George Wells. Who did he oh, face? WrestleMania 2. WrestleMania 2 was George Wells? Yeah, because all you heard was Susan St. James going, come on, George, come on, George. <laughs> okay, so it was WrestleMania 2. And, and the, uh, the the I remember it's uh, Jake the Snake, DDT's snake comes out, and you see the foam coming up from George's Wells' mouth. 
uh, which made kind of an iconic moment at WrestleMania 2. So fast forward to WrestleMania 3, Jake the Sacred Roberts goes in as a face against the Honky Tonk Man, Alice Cooper in his corner. So absolutely uh, an amazing moment for rock and wrestling. Then you go against the Mega Powers, which uh, Sean's favorite moment in the history of wrestling where uh, Macho Man decides to say, hey, I'm going to shake the hand of Hulk Hogan. Um, but there was a lot of storyline with it regards to it. Uh, because it was basically savage and and honky and uh, honky again in in, in one of these uh, moments um, in the ring and uh, savage vying for the Intercontinental Championship, uh, obviously you know getting out, outnumbered. Uh, brought the Hitman Hard, Jim the Anvil, Nightheart, Honky Tonk Man, uh, Savage all in the ring together. Hulk Hogan comes down, beats up on the Heart Foundation. Elizabeth had ran down after she got pushed aside by Honky. Uh, brings up Hulk Hogan. Hogan comes in the ring, saves Macho Man. They do the whole back-to-back thing, turn around, look like they're going to face each other. Savage reaches out, the, the handshake, you know, heard around the world, so to speak. Remember that like it was yesterday as well. And then all of a sudden, you know, they shake hands and Savage got that look like he just seen Santa Claus for the first time in his face, you know. And then they do the backstage promo and uh, Savage Hogan do the, you know, the handshake again. Mean Gene's there, Liz is there. And the Mega Powers form, obviously, leading into WrestleMania 4, SummerSlam 88, WrestleMania 5, so to speak. Um, on the other side of things, the flip side of things, I talked about Hogan Rock. This is up there, too. So it's, I guarantee one of these two is going to the finals. And uh, they happen to be, I think, yeah, they are, same uh, same bottom bracket. So it's uh, one's going to beat it at the other. So, um, But I got to go with Mega Powers for sure. Jonesy. Well, you know, the Jake uh, takes a guitar shot. Uh, Jake deserved that. Uh, it's funny how a good guy character can be such a dick and people cheer. And Honky's just trying to, you know, he he's just trying so hard because he thinks he's good, but we know he's not. But you got to respect the fact that that he ignores Jake for most of it. But then Jake pushes too much. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, that Jake fucked his, fucked his back and had splinters coming out of there because Honky is awesome. And for him, him to, to, to treat Honky that way, that was bullshit. That was just bullshit. Um, the makeup powers form. Uh, well, there is a question in there. And, and that did Hogan actually know what was going on that what Honky just did to Liz? Because that part didn't make sense when she is bringing Hogan out and Hogan's like, they're attached by the arm. And then all of a sudden Hogan looks in the ring and, but he didn't see what happened with Liz and all that. So it's kind of like, I think they dropped the ball on that part as far as if you're, you know, trying to make sense out of actually what's going on. The eyes was awesome, but it was kind of like, that would have only been if we seen that she went back and went, oh, he just pushed me over and all that. But then he would have ran out. Liz wouldn't have had to drag him there. So you know what? Jake's hitting my vote on this one because I believe that that was a huge mistake. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Mega Powers win that. But still, that 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 moment there, do, do you think that Hogan actually, because Hogan didn't know. Not the way that they put it. So he just went down there because she dragged him out and seen as her man was down. I don't know. It didn't make it as strong as it could have been. Cause, yeah, cause my uh, God, Hunky, Hunky fucking fucking like put her hands on Liz and shoved her down. That was pretty, that was pretty like, my God, that was great back then. 
that was sacred ground. Elizabeth had never taken anything before that. Well, other than George Steele uh, running off with her, uh, wanting to do sort of a King Kong and uh, Dancel in the Stress type deal. But her taking that bump, being thrown down and breaking the strap on her dress. Hogan, yeah, as you said, didn't really know why he was being dragged down there. He's like, what's going on? What's going on? And then he looks up and sees that Savage is being beat up by three other guys. And he's just like, oh, I got to come to the rescue in that way uh, and be the big hero uh, in stopping injustice. But as you said, he didn't seem to know or care that Elizabeth was injured or uh, had been uh, abused. Uh, Jake Roberts, you know, that one, he, I guess, credits that or unfortunately – uh, puts that as the downward spiral of his uh, life and everything, uh, taking that guitar shot because it was not gimmicked at all and uh, caused the reason for him to get hooked on painkillers and stuff like that. So it's unfortunate that that moment is where he says his life is went basically in the shitter. Um, I can't deny the mega powers. Come on, big moment. The handshake, you know, can't go wrong with that one. It is advancing in a sweep. So then... I have, I have a question about that one, too. With Liz, she broke her strap. When she came back out in that celebration, was the strap fixed? No, I don't believe so. No, it was still broken. Okay. They didn't have time to fix that. So that concludes uh, round number one. Uh, I'm not sure if because uh, Jonesy's on a uh, phone and we're not able to see him, if he can run down what happened. So Chris Maloney, can you uh, tell us what happened the first round? Do you want me to do it without my unsmiley face? Yes. <laughs> All right, hold on a sec. I got All the right. uh, thing up beside you on our screen. No, you just want me. Okay, I'll do it that way. Anyways, I went seven for eight, which was kind of cool. But um, uh, we got CM Punk's pipe bomb two to one over uh, Randy Orton getting the thumbs down. Uh, Batista leaving Evolution gets a 3-0 vote over Cena's being a team player. Um, where are we here? Austin won't give up gets a 3-0 vote over Boss Man can't be bought by a million dollar man. Uh, Savage and Liz reunite and the iconic uh, WrestleMania 7 lady goes along with that. Uh, defeating Virgil is the man, is a man, 3-0. Uh, Heenan slaps Andre two to one over Brian leaving the Wyatts. That was my only uh, fall right there. Uh, Hogan at WrestleMania eight three zero over Jericho makes the list. Um, wow, a lot of three O's. Holy crap! Um, Undertaker saves uh, Liz and Savage. Uh, that's a good three zero vote over the Lex Express, and then uh, Mega Powers form uh, gets a three zero vote over Jake. Uh, Jake takes a guitar shot from the Honky Tonk Man. So. Uh, again, my only surprise is Brian leaving the Wyatts because as we were doing this thing, I was watching that video clip again, watching it, getting excited, getting goosebumps, and then you guys shut it down. So fuck that. Well, that's why we have three. Yeah. Three like, victory. Sweet. Uh, I, I love that moment with uh, Daniel Bryan as well. But when you look at the fact that it was uh, only two weeks that he was with the Wyatts uh, doing the whole heel thing, you knew it was coming. It was very telegraphed. 
But yeah. dude, look at what it led into. Think about it this way. Think about the year. What year was it? WrestleMania 30, 2014. That whole climax. This was bigger than Savage Hogan. Easily. I get that. And but at the same time, Andre turning face after the how he turned heel on Hogan and going out the way he did at WrestleMania. Wait, 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 wait. You 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 did you just say that that Brian thing was more powerful than than what what did you say it was more powerful than the savage the, thing? No 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 I, I said Brian's iconic moment leading into WrestleMania 30 and the whole title thing was more iconic to me than Savage Hogan and that whole uh, that whole build up. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, hey, Andre loses, Brian loses. <laughs> it'll be, so, I'll, I'll tell you this, it'll be interesting to see from the top of the bracket who makes it down because it's either going to be Mega Powers or basically Hogan Rock in the finals from the bottom bracket. So I, I, it's, it's, I, I don't know if, if there's anything up top that's going to be able to beat those two. Oh, well, let's uh, see how it uh, shakes out. With match number one of the round two, CM Punk against Batista, Chris Jones. Uh, you know, like, like I said, the thing that that really sticks out for the CM Punk thing is the fact that he, unlike pretty much every single one of these things, it the, the person that was doing the turn didn't lay a hand on the other guy. All he did was talk. That's all he did was talk. But he talked about stuff that normally you wouldn't hear. And the fact that McMahon and, and company allowed him to do that and gave him the freedom to to do that and have the safe word, which was, hey, I'm going to tell a personal story. And then zip, um, that one sticks out much more than, than Batista's. Um, so for for me, it, it the pipe bomb is was unique. Um, I, I can't say that it gave me goosebumps, but artistically, they did something that you pretty much don't see, and and it worked, and it worked big. Uh, and I mean, I think CM Punk means a lot more to WWF crowd than Batista does to them. So um CM Punk to me wins this one. Yeah, I'm going to concur with that one. So uh we'll find out what Maloney is uh, going to say if it's a sweep or not. But um CM Punk doing that was very unexpected. Uh considering he was a heel going against Cena and they were setting up for their uh, ladder match at uh the money in the bank and all that, but it kind of played on the internet wrestling community. Uh, people knew that his contract was ending. Uh, him revealing, uh, breaking down that fourth wall uh, and revealing things and what he said was definitely playing to the internet wrestling fans, the smart marks, uh, the ones who follow everything going on. The uh, casual fans listening and watching it 
were shocked and going, oh, and maybe tuned in because of that the next week to see what was going to happen because you never saw stuff like that happen before. The Batista turning face was very much uh, telegraphed because of everything that was going on with uh, Flair and uh, Triple H be before that judgment of thumbs up, thumbs down, who was I going to uh, sign a contract with for WrestleMania. Fans knew that it was coming, and then they even let the fans see that Batista knew it was coming. So the decision that happened that night in the ring on Monday Night Raw was not a big shock, but it was the culmination of what people expected to happen, and it did happen the way people hoped it would. Punk, as I said, was very unexpected and caused a bit more of a tidal wave of reaction and um, carried on further. Chris? 2-1. I can't go punk. It's as much as it, like I said, lit up the internet and pretty much lasted for probably a good probably couple of weeks. The Batista thing, I think career-wise, meant more. Um, and to me as a wrestling fan, i got to say Batista stands out a lot more turning face. Uh, especially back then, then Punk in his pipe bomb because he had already had a legacy. And then to watch the career that he had post pipe bomb uh, wasn't the greatest. Um, so anyways, I got to go, like I said, 2-1. Okay. Match number two in round number two has two of my all-time favorites going against each other. And it is Steve Austin against Randy Savage. So uh, yeah, uh, Savage, the retirement, reuniting with uh, Elizabeth, Steve Austin, bleeding, never giving up, rocket strapped to his back. He sold more merchandise than Hogan ever. I'm going to go Austin on this one. There's still a chance for Savage to survive and maybe meet Austin again in the uh, – finals but we'll have to wait and see what uh, happens leading up to that but I am going to go with Stone Cold Steve Austin Chris Maloney so and what many people would uh, 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 judge it a dream match so to speak Austin Punk is what's taking place next round Jones huh. um, it is a hard one because I mean I want to go with the Savage one because that was that was really well done. It led up to the wedding and all that other stuff. Um, but again, the the fact that it was a retirement match, and then he comes out of retirement like within six months, and it just kind of it kind of makes a lot of that you know waste. But the story of Liz and Macho Man and Macho Man never really showing his feelings for her up until that point. And it, it, it's amazing that he didn't wrestle at that time anymore. And he was like, he, he had, you know, like kind of the main event to SummerSlam. I mean, that's pretty. And the fact that it was a wedding that, there was no interference. The fact that fans actually, like, I honestly, I don't think I would have stuck around for that as a fan. 
maybe then maybe I would because I would have been younger in that and just want to see it. But like I didn't stick around for the uh, uh, final match for WrestleMania 18 because I didn't give a shit. Um, and I'd rather get out of there before uh, the crowds got too much outside. So it's it's a hard one, but I think the Austin one deserves it more because of uh, it. You know, it's hard, but I, I gotta I gotta go with with uh, Austin on it. I do, I uh, because that really I think solidified him. Uh, as being the guy they kind of passed the torch on on that and uh in the end the savage yeah. one is just just about a woman sorry i know the, so, the, so the for me crying. i have to i have to go with austin even though i want to go with later, this lady's crying again <laughs> yeah i know she's crying again so is the gypsy boy <laughs> yeah he's crying Oh uh, no, uh, Steve Austin uh, is definitely going with that. Like that was actually the only wedding, probably in WWE history. Okay, maybe other than Triple H and Stephanie's uh, drive-through wedding that uh, was never interrupted or had something. They would until the reception. So that leads us to Andre Giant against Hulk Hogan. Chris Maloney. Toronto WrestleMania versus Toronto WrestleMania. But oh yeah. Uh, oh, as as I said in my thoughts earlier, it it uh um Andre Heenan doesn't stand up to Hogan Rock, so uh Hogan Rock for sure. Uh this one's I think gonna be easy, but the Andre one still sticks out for me. But with Hogan, it was kind of the same thing. It was kind of like Hogan kind of passing the torch and saying goodbye, but only to his former kind of bad guy and everything, uh, how old he looked at the end of it. Uh, but it's amazing. That's one thing I like about Hogan, even though I don't like the character of Hogan, the guy that played Hogan, the fact that he showed his character's vulnerability and the fact that he was aging and it was like kind of seeing the the old Hogan kind of going to the rock I gave it you know the best and gonna shake his hand and uh you know another famous handshake uh the Andre one though it, it tugs at my heartstrings because it was really good to see that he got that chance to basically be the only one out there and waving goodbyes so i i really like that one um but history wise the, the hogan one i it, for me it just oh it's hard I, you know what i gotta go with andre i gotta go with andre on this because his career turned into shit as far as wrestling and seeing that's like seeing you know a, a band that used to be good and now they're up there and you're like uh I think for 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 memory's sake and him, I like the Andre one better. So I'm going with Andre because I can vote on that. Okay, well, I am, I guess, the tiebreaker on this one. And, uh, yeah, 
I didn't think Andre was going to make it much further, and he's not going to make it much further. Hogan, WrestleMania 18, I was there. Not a fan of Hogan, uh, really, because I've said it numerous times on different podcasts. He showed up on 18. I was not overly happy about it. But Hogan is going to beat Andre the Giant again at this. So that brings us to our final match of round number two. And Jonesy, the Undertaker, taking on Macho Man Randy Savage, this time with the Mega Powers forming. Yeah, you know what? If this, I think if this was the other Mega Powers exploding, they would win. And maybe that, you know, that's a good thing that you didn't have, you know, good against bad, because a lot of times bad's going to win. Um, the Undertaker says Liz is one, even though. For me, I was already an Undertaker fan. Uh, I think they needed to do this to kind of go, okay, yeah, he'll be a good guy because people were cheering for him anyways. So it wasn't it was important, but it's not really memorable like the the uh, the handshake. So it's kind of again, it's one of those ones I could vote either way. I do have on here under. Taker saves, saves Liz, so I'm going to go to the earlier Jonesy's prediction, which is Undertaker versus Liz, and then I'll let you guys battle it out. So Undertaker saves Liz, uh, and that one was like a two-parter, too. Like, it wasn't just one show. They did it in kind of stages. Yeah, because they needed that explanation of why he stopped the chair, uh, so they did it on the funeral parlor. Um the unfortunate part is after the Jake Roberts thing, it was just Undertaker still doing the methodical, slow pace thing. He had that feud with DiBiase's guys, the melting of the chain. He wasn't the Undertaker we eventually got to know and love even more after his Shawn Michaels matches. He was still the plotting, uh, methodical um Kind of boring, uh, I hate to say it. Uh, guy, the image and the entrance and everything, bone chilling, great, but the in ring work was meh because I think they were kept on also feeding him uh, big opponents, which he does better when he's going against smaller guys, as we uh, saw with in this later in his career, except for the uh, matches with Kane, which they were pretty even and really good at. Savage. That forming of the Mega Powers led to all that storyline that led up to him getting the title, the, uh, then the explosion the next year with the jealousy over Hogan and Elizabeth. Oh, so, no! I think the face turn for Savage had a bigger payoff than the face turn for Undertaker. Uh, this doesn't sound good for my Undertaker! So, Chris Maloney. It's uh, it's kind of hard to go against that impression of Paul Bearer, but uh, yeah, I've got to go. Uh, I've got to go. Mega Powers. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I that concludes round number two. 
And I'm just going to do a couple more uh, things. Well, Chris Maloney, would you like to run down what happened in round number two? Yeah, Three. so yeah, so round, round, two. round yeah, round two. round two. Um, so yeah, so we've got uh, only one three zero, which is kind of interesting. But uh, CM's pipe, uh, CM Punk's pipe bomb moves on two to one. Uh, Austin won't give up. Moves on three nothing. Uh, Hogan at WrestleMania eighteen uh, versus The Rock moves on two to one versus Andre uh, slapping Heenan, or Heenan slapping Andre. Sorry. And then uh, lastly, Mega Powers form beats out Undertaker saves Liz two to one. So we got uh, Mega Powers versus Hogan and Austin versus uh, Punk in the next round, which should be interesting. Yeah, I'm just uh, getting the graphic ready for the next round. Uh, so yeah, anything that surprised you guys in that uh, second round? I, I like to ask a question about the. Um, uh, I, I'm butting in, so I uh, before I forget when I want to ask the 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 last we seen Paul Bearer in the WWF was that when he was getting buried in cement, or was there other things after that? We saw him again, multiple times. All right. Yeah, after Taker supposedly killed him, uh, they said he lived, and then we saw him a bunch of other times. All right then. Involving uh, Kane and Undertaker. Oh, I don't care about the backstory. No. <laughs> so yeah, um, and he was uh, even in death part of a storyline. You know, Sean is like our Wikipedia for wrestling. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to put Sean to the test. Then, what was uh, Paul Bearer's final WWE appearance? I have no idea what his final appearance was other than his urn at, uh, with CM Punk. <laughs> so his last appearance on WWE television was during an angle in uh, April 2012 episode of Raw where he's involved in the ongoing uh, ongoing rivalry between Kane and Randy Orton. Orton took Bearer hostage, which led to Kane locking Bearer in a meat locker. Yeah, I knew uh, he got kidnapped a bunch of times by both uh, Edge and Orton. But that brings us to our semifinals. Round number three, match number one, has CM Punk against Stone Cold Steve Austin. In this case, you have a very silent, or, well, not silent, but a very calm uh, sort of conversation with the fans and just revealing things versus a guy bleeding in the middle of the ring and refusing to give up showing that, you know, he had the intestinal fortitude to last as much as he could and would not uh, say I quit. Everything that that produced afterwards with Steve Austin up until unfortunately that ill fated, I want to turn heel at WrestleMania 17 uh, moment set a huge rocket onto Steve's back. People still, uh, I think, would be more inclined to cheer Austin and the glass breaking than hearing uh, Cult of Personality starting up and having CM Punk walk out. Uh, people would love it for the first moment with Punk returning, but we saw it, unfortunately, with backstage and... Yeah, he was part of that on Fox. 
So it's, it wouldn't be a huge moment or surprise if he were to show up in a WWE ring uh, when Vince McMahon finally is able to get fans because none of that's happening until at least fans are present to get the good pop. Um, Austin, people tuned in for uh, regardless, his podcasts and all that. So I'm going to go with Austin going to the finals. Chris Maloney. So Austin is going to the finals. Um, it's the legacy of Austin post that Bret Hart moment. Um, there's nothing that Punk can do to even compete with that. Um, yeah, it's going to be Austin because the fact is that 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 moment, that iconic moment, meant more to the career of Stone Cold uh, than the moment meant to uh, CM Punk. Uh, the internet didn't blow up when Austin was bleeding to death, but uh, uh, it did... Uh, uh, cement his legacy as far as being WWE, uh, being a WWE legend goes. So, yep, uh, hands down, uh, Stone Cold for me. And Jonesy. You know, uh, again, it's, it's to me, that's a, it's a harder one because the pipe bomb is innovative. It's, it's different. The fact that they allowed that like it's like stepping into the next way of wrestling and it kind of did uh so and the austin one except for the fact that he didn't didn't tap that he passed out that sticks out more than him bleeding i don't think the bleeding i think the bleeding made it better but i i i think and you know, you know, I gotta, I gotta go with the bleeding. I gotta go with Austin because I, I think about it now. And you know what, that bleeding, it's like the question is, if he didn't bleed, if the blade wasn't done, would that have been as iconic as it was without the blood? I think they needed the blood, and that's why uh, uh, Brett said, "Let's do it." And he had Austin. Uh, uh, do it like Brett did it for Austin because Austin wasn't sure about it. Plus, uh, Brett has been a master of hiding things, even right in front of Vince. So he did it right beside him and didn't uh, notice. So Austin's moving on to the finals and taking on the winner of Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania 18 versus Randy Savage and the Mega Powers Formation. Chris Maloney. Well, you know, any time I've ever been on this show, I get a buzz kill you any chance I get to basically eliminate Macho Man. So it's, yeah, definitely Hogan Rock. So uh, Jones, curious to see where you're going to go with this. Uh, I- I'm just, I'm on Hogan, the vote for him. I'm just thinking a reason not to. Uh, because now, again, I got to see Mega Powers form. Yeah, you know what? I I I I have to go with Hogan on it because I was there. I felt it. Like, even though it's going to be tough for Austin not to win, because I still want to vote for Hogan. I I think Hogan. It's Hogan. That that again. It's it when they say WrestleMania moment. When they say, you know, yeah, be there. That is one of those things where it's. Y- you 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 don't have to be there, but it's like uh, it's like if you were the final goal to a gold game. It, that's 
that feeling that once in a holy crap, you know. So, um, Hogan. Well, I can appreciate uh, you guys voting for Hogan. Uh, any other? Uh, God, he's a he, good winner. Yeah, I, any other bracket, I probably would have voted for that because of the fact that I was there as well. Like I said, 18 rows off the floor, looking directly at the hard camera and everything. But I'm a Savage fan, and the fact that that moment was the first time Elizabeth really took anything uh, hitting her, like any physicality there, the moment of building, uh, the two joining, the two top guys, in uh, WD at the time, WF at the time, and where it led to with the uh, explosion, that's where I'm definitely picking because of the long term of that face uh, turn. But I definitely, as I said, appreciate the Hogan one. Uh, the next night in Montreal, uh, longest standing ovation. Can't go wrong either way. So Hogan is going to move on to the finals. Uh, We'll just show that graphic right now briefly while I set up what the finals is. Any surprises uh, with this uh, week's tournament or, you know, if somebody who could have come out of, say, if Hogan wasn't there, who could have come out of there and gone against Austin? Do you from, see? The from the bottom from the half? Bottom. Who have you seen that would have been Savage? No, it, to me, there's, there's, I mean, Jericho, I think, would be up there. To me, anyway, personally, that, I mean, <laughs> that ranks <laughs> just because of the fact that it was the, um, Everything that Jericho had done with Kevin Owens leading up to what was supposed to be the WrestleMania moment. So the whole backstory behind it. But um, I mean, probably the weakest to me would have been Luger's uh, slam. And but, what about the top half? Anybody other than Austin uh, could have uh, been better to go against Hogan? Well, yeah, Punk, obviously. So and we, then, and then to me, to me personally, Batista. Batista could have been your other choice. Oh yeah, hands down. Just it's when when I think of those moments, if I would have watched them back as a wrestling fan, it's yeah, Batista definitely for me. But uh, I'll I'll give you a little bit of history there, Sean. Um, so Hulk Hogan, two thousand two, fought uh, uh, The Rock at WrestleMania eighteen in Toronto. Randy Macho Man Savage in two thousand two was fighting Spider Man. So there's a, a big kind of <laughs> between the two of them. Bonesaw. So, Jonesy, your yeah. thoughts before you dive into the uh, final match? Um, I'm just looking through the notes here. You know, I don't think anyone else other than Hogan could go up against Austin. Um. And and I only say that because of the feeling that was in the air that night. Uh, as cheesy as all that sounds. Um, I didn't realize that Phil Collins was in the building. Well, I know. Because <laughs> to me, what this boils down to 
picking who is the, 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 the winner is the one where it did the most for their career. Because that's the whole reason why you switch a guy is to make him bigger. So you get to start. Which one's taking it, in your opinion? Austin. I mean, personally, I I think the pipe bomb was the one that was more important as far as changing how some things were done in wrestling, breaking some barriers, uh, changing how wrestling is looked at. Because, again, he was allowed to go out there and, and open up a different dimension. Uh, so, but as far as for their career itself, um, you know, he was already dropping pipe bombs before that. So, uh, Austin, Austin, uh, and I know he, he's up against Hogan. I'm just uh, blowing out loud. But, yeah, Austin, I think it did the most for his career. Yeah, and... Uh... You know, as we said, from that, he started uh, just before uh, the King of the Ring and dropped the Austin 316. And Chris Maloney mentioned earlier that that moment with the sharpshooter and the blood and the passing out and everything that happened in that I Quit match was the uh, official moment when the turn was made solid. So Steve Austin is our winner uh, against Hulk Hogan. Uh, your vote really isn't going to matter, but what would you vote uh, there, Chris Maloney? So originally I was going to go Hogan Rock, and then Jones put it simply where he said what moment meant more to the career of the individual. So uh, when he said that, I started thinking to myself, and I started thinking, no, it's going to be Austin. So 3-0 Austin. 3-0 Austin. So there we go, guys. <laughs> Uh, that Hogan, is, the Hogan thing was great, but it didn't like advance his career. No. Uh, so that was this week's uh, Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Uh, thank you guys for being a part of it. You can catch this on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere else you get your podcast from, iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes. We're going to be there. I'm putting up later on tonight. Uh, so if you've been with us this evening, thank you for joining us. Before we leave, uh, got anything that you'd like to plug, Chris Maloney? Um, AEW is coming up next. And with that being said, is their one-year anniversary show where all four titles are on the line. So it'll be interesting to, uh, to see. Um, no news yet on, on what we've talked about off-air. Uh, but uh, no news is sometimes good news, as my wife put it, so uh, we'll leave it at that. Okay. Jonesy, you got anything? Uh, I got a lot of uh, nacho cheese to eat, and um, that's that's about it. Okay. Uh, so I'd show we... you how big the cans are, but... <laughs> yeah, before we get out of here, next week, I found this uh, picture on Facebook. It has 16 guys that worked in WWE, in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, and none of them held the world title, especially because Hogan was around. So we're going to break down the 16 guys and see who could have been the best champion that never was. So until next week, thank you guys for being with us. Enjoy AEW, and see you tomorrow night. First, come back.
Ben ne ne zimbaranit.